All right, well, how incredible was last week's message from Pastor Bill Ligon, our pastor emeritus? Can we give it up for him? That's right. It's awesome. On Father's Day, no less, he's an incredible father to many. It takes a lot to, to not just be a, to be a teacher and not just be a pastor, but to truly be a father to many. And so I know he's fathered many of us um, here in this church. So it's so great. So um, you may be wondering, you know, are, aren't we missing a key member of our pastoral staff today, right? Um, there's a guy who is a little bit shorter than I, just a tad bit, not too much. Um, who's not here today. So our senior pastor, Pastor Mark, my dad, um, he is, he is, y'all get this, he is actually recharging and resting and uh, taking some time away, which is not something that he does very well. I mean, if y'all, y'all who know, know him and know him very well know that he is on it and, uh, and just doesn't stop. He just keeps going. And so I think it's so great that he took some time away. And y'all, I can vouch that he needs it, okay? Uh, 2020 has been an interesting year to be a senior pastor. Um, and there's no playbook uh, for pastoring a church during a pandemic. You know what I mean? They, they didn't teach you that in ministry school. Um, and so uh, there's been a lot of unexpected decisions and some new things to learn. Um, you know, in a week, our church went from business as usual meeting to... Here we are preaching and singing to a camera while you guys are amening and, and singing to your TV screen or your computer screen or maybe it was your phone, whatever you were watching on. And uh, it's awesome because, hey, we still have people who are joining us online and, and, and are so thankful that, man, we get to be here in the building and we get to have people uh, come into the building with us watching online. And what's awesome is we're all together. Like, we're, we're one church body. And so I just, I love, um, I love technology. I love what it's afforded us as a church to be able to do to minister the gospel that people who, who need to be home right now can be home. That people who aren't able to be with us. Y'all, it's been so incredible um, that the different people I've connected with who had, had not attended Christian Renewal in years. People who have moved away. I mean, even some of our missionaries in Malaysia, uh, Jody and Joanna Counts, were so uh, excited to get to attend Christian Old Church all the way from Malaysia because, we're, we, because we've made our transli- transition online. And so um, in the midst of all the change, church never stopped. It's important that we don't relate us having an in-person service not having one with church stopping. And I'm going to tell you this, Pastor Mark's cell phone has rung more than ever during this pandemic. People in crisis, people in need. And um, so while many in our nation were arguing about churches not meeting, um, I watched our senior pastor set the tone for what church is. A unified body of believers loving God and loving people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I'm not interested in getting in the debates of, 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 oh, churches need to be meeting or, oh, is church essential or what? Church never stopped being essential because you never stopped being essential because the gospel of Jesus Christ never stopped being essential. Amen. And so, so there is this, uh, this rethinking that I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Um, and there's this restructuring of, of how we're viewing things. And God's given us this opportunity to say, hey, 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 what is important? What is most important? And so when things begin to shift in our lives, when our normal gets tossed to and fro, uh, we begin to see what is most important. And there's things that get highlighted. There's things that get magnified. Good things and bad things. And, the, and like I said, that's why, um, and, uh, I, I, like I said, I've watched Pastor Mark go to people in crisis. And when I see that, I see the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is still carrying forth. And I see an example of the life that we've been called to as ministers of reconciliation, as people of God who have been given a message, a truth that 
is so powerful and so life-changing. And so it, it, would, it, would, uh, it would behoove us to grab a hold of this message and to not just confine it to here or to the message that maybe we watch online, but that we live it out. There's a, a, a guy I like who, who talks a lot about we have to seize the 167, the 167 hours in the week that we're not in the church building. I love the hours that we're in here. It's incredible. If anything, the pandemic and the quarantine and not being able to gather showed us just how special being in a room together is. I mean, from the standpoint of, of leading worship, I love leading you guys in worship as opposed to just a camera. I'm just going to go ahead and admit, all right? Camera does not sing back, all right? I can't gauge where it's at, no lifting of hands, nothing like that. There's no response. I love being able to room, in a room and hearing people. It's just so awesome. However, there is an understanding that God wants us to live into that the, this is not the end-all, be-all, that there is more for us to experience, that there are hours and hours and days in our week, and how are we investing that time, both with the Lord and with other people? And so, I mean, I, I would just ask y'all uh, to, to pray or, or to continue to pray uh, for our church and for our senior pastor, for Pastor Mark, um, as he leads us into the rest of 2020. Here we are at a, at a halfway point. Because let's be honest, it's been a difficult year so far, but if y'all will humor me for a moment, we haven't even elected a president yet, all right? And so there's a lot left to come in 2020. I can just imagine uh, uh, the division and the confusion that the enemy wants to continue to try to instill in our nation. And so... Um, November will be interesting, but nonetheless, we have so much to be thankful for. And there's, there's just such an opportunity to make a difference. I'm going to get into this later, but I just have to go ahead and say it, that the harvest, I believe, is ripe and is plentiful. That the harvest, that, that people are looking for hope. They are looking for truth. And it's found in Jesus. They may not know it yet, but it is. And so we have an incredible opportunity. I truly believe we're coming into revival. I mean, I, I believe it in not, not just not just here, but I believe it in my soul, like in my spirit. It's been getting down into my into my spirit that, that we're coming into revival as a church. Um and not just here at Christian Renewal, but as, a, as the capital C church. That, that God is reviving and is renewing his people in these days. And uh, God gave me a phrase um, at the end of our 21 days of prayer last year. We were in our 21 days of prayer and fasting last year. He gave me this phrase on the last day. And it was just this. I just felt it. I couldn't shake it. And it was just this. Not business as usual. Not business as usual. And I took it and I said, okay, I'll try to apply that somehow. And then this year happened. And then I said, God, I get it. I got it. Because <laughs> there's been nothing usual of what, what's been happening. I see what he meant. And there's this urge within myself, and I know some of you probably relate with me, there's this urge to shrink back into the safety of normal. I think we have, most of us have probably said or at least heard someone say, I just want things to go back to normal. Like, can things just go back to normal? We're tired and we're frustrated. And uh, there's some people who have been really seriously devastated and affected by the pandemic, by COVID-19. Um, others more lightly inconvenienced, if we're honest with ourselves. But there's a desire... Uh, for normal or business as usual and many of us and I don't want to be a downer but I just don't think that God wants us to go back to normal 
I'm just like, if I'm just being just completely honest, just being very real with you, I, I think that God ha- has no desire for us to just to settle back into whatever whatever uh, life was like at the beginning of 2020 or the end of 2019 and just coming in and we're having church and it's sweet and it's fun. Y'all, we, we, are, we are blazing new trails, I believe. And it, we, are, we are heading on a glorious, great adventure into the unknown where we get to unite as a body of believers and we're figuring things out along the way and we're trusting the Spirit of God to lead us. Amen? And that, that God is with us He hasn't left us. He hasn't forsaken us. He's been behind us, beside us, and he's going before us. Amen? God misses no opportunities to refine his people and his church. The church is often likened to gold, right? Gold. Gold is pure, right? Gold that is pure. To be pure, that gold must be refined. God's looking for a church that is pure, a people that is pure, and he has to refine us to do so. He's not looking for a gold with maybe a little bit of mixture of this, a little bit of that. He is, God will use any opportunity. And so God is using the situations, the current events in our world, not causing them, but using them as an opportunity to refine his people, his, his greater church. And if you allow him, He'll refine you. He'll renew you. And it may be inconvenient. Matter of fact, it probably is. And it's, it might hurt a little bit. Like, it may be weird. It may be unknown or unfamiliar. It may be awkward. Uncomfortable. Any other word that I can use to... To describe a state of, of, uh, of, of, of being taken from a place of comfort and a place of safety. Because our definition of safe is not God's definition of safe. And so if we would allow ourselves as individuals, lay ourselves bare before the Lord, I believe that there's some things that he wants to illuminate in our lives, some blind spots. And it's happening. It's happening in people's lives. People are being awoken to opportunities, we'll call them. Opportunities for growth. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I urge us to, to join hands, to, to brave this new normal together. Who, who's ready for Christian Old Church to enter into a new dimension? Amen. Who's ready personally to enter into a new level of understanding, a new level of anointing with God, a deeper connection and communion with the Holy Spirit? While the world is dividing themselves along party lines, we are going to unite around a kingdom party and allow God to do a work in his church and refine us so that we can go out and be effective witnesses and ministers of this gospel that Jesus Christ has given unto us. This ministry that he has laid into our hands. We've been in a series looking at the purpose of power. Today is uh, part seven. I believe it'll be the last part in uh, this collection of teachings. And if in seven weeks we could not figure out the purpose of power, Jesus help us. All right. So we've we've been we've been trying to articulate the purpose of power for seven weeks now. This being the seventh, and I'm going to read John. Uh, my, my plan today is to touch on the revelatory gifts that was Pastor Mark's uh, desire. This kind of how he laid things out that we would end on the revelatory gifts uh, found in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, but then I want to end by giving a charge as to why I and continue kind of how I've started and why I see the need um, for us to understand things through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. 
in our current world so that we are not uh, blind to, uh, to hurting people. So John chapter 14 says this, uh, verses 15 through 17, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He dwells with you and he will be in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit is in your life to reveal things, not just sit in your soul. Think about it for a moment. The Holy Spirit is not just a one-time event. event. I invited the Holy Spirit into my life. He got nice and comfortable. And he just, sorts of sit, he just kind of sits there and hangs out inside, right? Until I go home to be with Jesus. He's just kind of taking up some space, taking up residence inside of me. And it's a very sweet thing. No, the Holy Spirit is, uh, is alive, is a person. And, and, and if the Holy Spirit dwells in me and dwells within you, he is actively looking for opportunities to reveal the heart of the Father, to reveal truth, to reveal things to you, not just sitting in your soul. So the Holy Spirit unveils things that we cannot see. The word reveal is the word apocalypto. It means to uncover, to lay open what has been veiled or covered up, right? And so if, if, if I had, you know, a veil over this bottle of water, you wouldn't know that I was holding this bottle of water unless I unveiled it to you, correct? So you know I'm holding something, right? You may, you may have that understanding in the natural, but you wouldn't know what it is until I unveiled it to you. There are things in this world that you cannot quite see in the natural. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you eyes of understanding to be able to see things in the supernatural, okay? And so um, God wants to reveal things that, that, that you or those in your life cannot see, right? The Holy Spirit wants deeper relationship with you so that he can provide you with wisdom, with knowledge, with discernment, with understanding that you could not, that we cannot possess in our natural mind, okay? So this is above and beyond what we've been equipped with here as human beings, okay? This is, we're getting into the spirit realm, uh, and this is the Holy Spirit giving us eyes, uh, the eyes of our heart, right? The eyes of our spirit, our spirit being able to see things, okay? So, these are often things that may not be expressly detailed in the Word of God, right? We don't need the Holy Spirit to speak to us about things that are already spoken in the Word of God. Uh, Just a, a quick aside, you know, uh, sometimes if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I really want a word from God, uh, sometimes I'll ask nicely, politely, not sarcastically, have you, have you read the Bible lately? Because God said a, has said a lot of words to you. And so I don't want to uh, ask God for a word if I'm not reading the word he's already spoken. Think about it. He's said some things to us. And there's some things that we can learn that are already written in Scripture that we should get in our spirits and get in our souls. Now, as we're doing that, there's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, reveal to us things that are not in Scripture. I, I could say it like this. Um, think about marriage, right? So there's, there's maybe some different passages in Scripture that give us an idea of maybe a biblical understanding of, of marriage, and so maybe if you're somebody who's looking for a spouse, right, there's some, there's some good wisdom in Scripture that you can apply to your life, but I was not able to find any Scripture in my Bible that told me I should marry Anna Cowan, okay, my now wife, Anna Linton, all right? It was, there was no verse in there that said, Mark, you need to marry Anna. I would have loved if that was the case, okay? That would have been just like, okay, cool, that's done, that's easy. No, no, the, the Holy Spirit brought a knowing into my spirit that this was somebody who I wanted to join my life with, okay? It was just a knowing. 
It was just, it was in my spirit. The, the Holy Spirit revealed, oh, this is my wife. Okay? And so, um, the Bible alone didn't reveal to me that I should pastor. I, I read the word. I, I knew what the Bible said concerning church and the pastoral gifting. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and revealed to me this direction in my life. The Holy Spirit provided me with an intelligence of the path that I was to walk in. I remember coming back from the University of Georgia. I've always kind of in my spirit felt like I was to pastor, but it never really kind of got it in me. And I remember um, it was probably 2013 that I was back here and I was in our sanctuary and it was at the end of the service and Pastor Bill had done an altar call and I just came up and I just opened myself in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit just said, I called you to pastor. That was it. And so I took that word, I, I, I brought it before Pastor Ligon. He gave me wisdom, I brought it before my dad. He gave me wisdom, I brought it before other people. I stayed in the word and I kept praying into it. And then, uh, you know, uh, five years later, June 1 of 2018, the Lord gives me the opportunity to step into full-time ministry here at Christian Old Church. And as you saw in your bulletin, uh, June 1 of this year was also 30 years for, uh, for Pastor Mark, our senior pastor. So when you see him, tell him, uh, you know, congrats on, on, on being uh, 30 years into ministry, which is my, my entire life. I'm 30 years old. So my entire life, uh, he's, he's been here at this church crazy to think about that the the faithfulness right um the the steadfastness to stay planted somewhere through all sorts of different seasons and but continue to be faithful continue just to continue to to do the work as people have come and gone and just stayed faithful to minister the word of god and so celebrate my pops Um, the holy spirit is more than just power or energy or whim the holy spirit enables you to receive power right what did, what did the scripture say? Go and wait until you receive power from on high, all right? The disciples received power, all right? But the Holy Spirit is not just power. The Holy Spirit enables us to receive power. But it, the Holy Spirit is not limited to just power or to just energy or just to win, okay? Uh, uh, power alone doesn't provide intelligence, okay? I can plug in a lamp and, and it receives power, but it doesn't mean there's intelligence, that there's revelation that comes with it, right? So the Holy Spirit is more than just power. The best we can do as humans is recognize the Holy Spirit is a person, all right? Not an it, not just, you know, some mystical you know, being, but as a, as a person. That's the best we can do in our human understanding to, to, to gauge the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is a person. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can't grieve power, right? So the Holy Spirit is more than just power the purpose of power isn't just in the power the purpose of power is who you're receiving the power from right so we can't just stop at the power we have to get to where the what is the source of this power amen because i believe if we get to the source of the power there's some revelation there's some understanding as to why we have received the power come on anybody with me this morning so the um So we have to lay this foundation so that we don't think we are somehow smarter than the Holy Spirit. We've got to get this down in our in in our knower. All right. And in in our feeler. okay? that that so that we don't begin to think that somehow we have it more figured out than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person who is very, very uh, all knowing. Uh, The Holy Spirit is omniscient. Right. Omniscience. All knowing. Okay. And so I don't want to think of myself as better than I am. And that's not trying to, I'm not trying to put myself down. I'm trying to elevate the Holy Spirit in my life. And so I'm not trying to say, oh, I, I'm just, <laughs> I can't trust myself because I'm a dummy. All right. No, no, no. I'm not going to trust myself because why just trust myself when I can trust the Holy Spirit who's all knowing? So why ignore access to this kind of direction? We want to accept the wisdom uh, of God over our own wisdom, over our natural earthly wisdom. And so your life, listen to this. As we look at the, the influence of the Holy Spirit, your life is a direct reflection of the voices you are listening to. Hello? You are the sum total of your influences. Think about this for a moment. Uh, 
people who are, are native English speakers in the room. Why do you speak English? Did you take a class? Maybe there's some folks in here or listening online who did, but if you're like me, you were... Go with me for a moment, all right? Stick with me. You were immersed in an environment where speaking English was commonplace, and you were influenced by the environment so that over time you learned to communicate abstract ideas and concepts through the English language. If at three to four years old you could be influenced in this way, what sort of environments are influencing you here right now as an adult? We need to be careful about the environments that we are immersing ourselves in and be intentional about immersing ourselves in an environment that is going to help us to create a language and a better understanding of who God is and who God has called us to be. So we need to be in an environment. Now, what gets in the way of us hearing from God? I believe one of the biz- biggest obstacles to hearing from God is busyness. Busyness gets us all out of whack and prevents us from spending time with God. Some of us are just too busy, right? Like, if I asked you how your week's been going, I've just, you know, just been busy. You know, just been busy. Which is why I think it's incredible that this pandemic brought everything to a halt and to a slowing. And while that may be difficult and frustrating in some areas, uh, you know, definitely difficult for our economy, think about the opportunity that God laid before us to be able to sit and listen to him. And are we taking advantage of that opportunity? Think about it for a moment. I mean, seriously. that I, I was at home with my family there trying to figure out, you know, Okay, what what does what does uh, pastoring a church look like in this setting? And God was there, and I found myself wanting to go into works, wanting to go into busyness because I think what happens is as humans, uh, especially in our Western culture, is that we equate busyness with somehow some level of like effectiveness or worth. That, that the more I output somehow relates to some greater worth in my life. When really, God just says, be still and know that I'm God. He doesn't say, hey, I need you to, to do X, Y, and Z and then know that I'm God. He says, no, 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 be still and know that I'm God. And some of you say, well, Mark, that's hard for me. Okay, well, practice it. Train at it. Learn. Engage the muscle of being still, right? It's just a muscle that needs to be worked out. You guys can look at me and understand that uh, that um, I'm I am not someone who has spent a life of uh, time in the gym working out, right? Okay, these guys um, are effective at what they do, but they are not at the level of friends that I have in my life. Now, here's the deal. Somebody who has a lot bigger muscles than I, do they have more muscles than I do? No, we have the same muscles. But they have worked them out. They've trained them. Amen? So it is with things in our life. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. You may look at somebody, oh, they're just so anointed. I mean, they just really, they really have the Spirit of God in their life. Maybe they've just been practicing and training themselves in the ways of God and understanding the voice and listening to the voice of God. And so they're just working out a muscle that you haven't worked out. And that's not shame on you. That's just opportunity to say, hey, look, we all stand at level ground at the feet of the cross. Amen. That we've all been given an opportunity to walk and to grow into the understanding of who God has called us to be. Right. And so the Holy Spirit is available to all. Not just to a special elite, but to each and every single one of us who open and surrender ourselves to him. And so um, I believe God wanted to get our attention throughout this year. I believe that in 2020, God's wanting us, you know, work was maybe stripped away. Your normal rhythm was stripped away. uh, But there's just open space for God to speak into your life, to reveal 
his purpose. Looking back at 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I believe the Holy Spirit is looking to reveal purpose. How can we be happy without purpose? Seriously, think about it for a moment. Purpose provides a sounding board for your life. Without purpose, what are you measuring your life next to? And when I mean purpose, I mean God-given purpose. What are you measuring your life next to if it's not your God-given purpose in life? Is it, is it some amount of wealth? Is it some amount of, 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 of worth in this world? Is it some sort of, of gain within society? Um, some level of approval, maybe by your family or by those in your life? The sounding board that I want to measure my life against is the purpose that God has laid before me. That I would be entering into a journey in this life where my success is directly correlated to my obedience to the purpose that God has given me. That purpose is laid before me and revealed to me through the Holy Spirit. And I am able to walk in that purpose through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which is the purpose of power, the purpose of the Holy Spirit being in our life. This is good stuff. So, we've been talking about the purpose of power. Maybe our next series needs to be the power of purpose. Because I think if, as Christians and believers in the church, if we would get purpose down in our spirits and our souls, uh, the world wouldn't know what to do with us. My wife handed me something yesterday that she found in the house and asked me if I knew what it was. And I just looked at it and like very briefly said, I have no idea what that is. Just no clue. And it probably got chunked in a drawer. I mean, I didn't even give it a second thought. I just said, I have no idea what that is. That, that could be anything. It was just a small, circular, plastic, black thing that looked like it could have maybe gone around like a cylinder or something. I don't know. I don't know. No idea what it is. Didn't give it a second thought. Probably in a drawer now. Probably just stay there in the drawer, hiding out in the dark. Maybe there's an analogy in there. The Spirit wants to search out the deep things of God and reveal them to you so that you're not just sitting in a drawer somewhere in the dark. And had I maybe taken a little bit of extra time and really grabbed the thing that my wife was showing me and looked at it and maybe walked around the house, did a little bit of investigating. You know what I'm saying? Like checking some... Trying some things out. Could it go with this? No, that's not it. That's not it. Could it go right here? No, that's not it either. There might have been some understanding that was brought for me as I begin to step out and exercise this searching and this, this finding, this discovery process of what the purpose of the thing was. So it is with us that we would step out and not be afraid. You may step into something and say, well, that wasn't my purpose. I know that now. And thanks be to God that, that, that he, he shows you, don't go, don't go down that hall. Don't, just don't go down that hall. Right? Because it, it's, it's a refining process. We, we don't want to get too insecure or fragile that, that we, we take these things and these failures or these mishaps or these uh, misdirections as, oh, well, God doesn't have a plan for my life. No, he does. He's just leading you. And it's okay. There's things to learn. We're going to make mistakes. Hey, ki- hey, church, can we give each other permission to make mistakes? Is that okay? Like, is it okay if I, as, as a pastor here at church, can I make mistakes? Is that all right with you? As I'm finding my way? I, I'm two years in here um, at uh, being a full-time minister. I never uh, went to seminary. I haven't been to ministry school. I was just raised up here at Christianville Church and became a servant in the house. And God created opportunity for me to use my gifting. And I'm growing in it. And some days I have no idea what's going on. And I'm ready to freak out. And, 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 and my wife will be the first to tell you. And I'm so thankful for her and the sounding board that she is. And there's times where I go to God and I say, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And the Holy Spirit reminds me and says, you're right. You can't. You've reached the end of yourself. 
And at the end of yourself, you're going to find me every time. And I'm right there ready to, to guide you through this night, to guide you through this storm, to help you walk out of these dark moments. The Holy Spirit wants to be with you and in you forever. Not just a one-time event when you came down to the altar and you gave your life to Jesus. I surrender all. Right? And you just came rushing. (laughs) The Holy Spirit was with you when you left the church that day. And when you got in your car and you went home. And when you went to go make dinner that night. He was right there. When you laid your head down to sleep, he was in you and he was with you because the Holy Spirit wants to commune with us, not just, not just in the big, but in the small everyday moments. Because he's a friend. God desires relationship with you. Yes, you. A personal, intimate, deep relationship. Where both parties are fully known. And there's space to listen into dialogue. And I just can't help but think that in this world we're living in, people, and I'm going to go ahead and include Christians, We've stopped listening to one another. We've forgotten that when Jesus was, after he had done ministering, he came to shore and looking out at the crowds, he had compassion. Because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. The Latin word to, uh, means compassion means to suffer with. Compassion in its purest form is me putting someone else's hurt in my heart. Jesus didn't judge the crowd. He had compassion. Jesus isn't judging you. He has compassion. Whatever the thing is in your life that you have maybe made a mistake or are ashamed of, he looks upon you with compassion and he is a shepherd ready to guide you and to shepherd you through whatever it may be. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. Can we allow the Holy Spirit to give us eyes to see people with compassion? Sight is a choice. Don't believe me? Close your eyes. Open them. That was your choice. You didn't have to close your eyes when I told you. Sight's a choice. I begin to choose to see people through the eyes of compassion, through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Because if we only look through our natural eyes through the tree of knowledge and good and evil, amen, we will judge 
people. If we're only looking with these eyes, we're just going to judge. If we only see ourselves with these eyes, we're going to be our worst self-critic. The Holy Spirit wants to give you the eyes of your Father so that you would know His plans for you. He wants to give you the eyes for your brothers and sisters in this world so that you could be led in love to reconcile yourself, to be a minister of reconciliation, connecting people with the Father. See, if, if you judge, you won't see sheep without a shepherd. And you can't help what you judge. Can I say something that's a little bit maybe uncomfortable and convicting this morning? You can't help what you judge. I have not been given the ministry of choosing and deciding right and wrong and judging right and wrong. I have been giving a ministry of reconciliation here in this world today. Amen? Let's make it personal with our current events. Anyone can look at the riots, the looting that has taken place in our world today, in our country, and can tell that that's wrong. Anybody with eyes can, can say, yeah, you shouldn't take things from other people. You shouldn't destroy property. That's easy to see with our natural eyes. And I see... Too many people of God, quick to judge, slow to have compassion, slow to have the eyes of the Holy Spirit revealing to them words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and discerning spirits to be able to see the heart that God has for people here in our nation today. People who are hurting, who are broken, who need somebody to come alongside them and say, listen, there's a better way and I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to look at somebody drowning and say, well, they deserved it. They shouldn't have been playing too close to the dock. I would go in and save them, but our ideologies don't really line up. I would jump in there and save them, but, you know, we don't really see eye to eye on everything. They voted for this person. When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, He allows us to begin to see people with the eyes that Jesus had when He had compassion. And Jesus said, I'm going to take their hurt and I'm going to put it in my heart and I'm going to bear on the cross and I'm going to say that I'm going to have compassion for all people and I'm going to set forth a radical new idea that says, hey, we're all united. I'm going to establish a church of all people and it's going to be multi-ethnic. It's going to be multilingual. It's going to be multiracial. Every tribe, nation, tongue, and people will proclaim that Jesus is Lord of all to the glory of the Father. Amen? And so I get that in this room that we probably have a, a, a wide spectrum of understanding and, and natural observation of what's happening in our world today. But can I ask you, can I plead with you for a moment that you would be still and know that God, first of all, it, Jesus is king. God's on the throne. So we're just going to go ahead and start there. But then can we go ahead and allow the Holy Spirit to give us eyes of understanding, a heart of compassion, so that we don't be quick to judge, but that we would be slow, that we wouldn't be slow to have compassion, that we'd be quick to love people instead of quick to judge people. It is essential to our mission as followers, imitators of Christ, that the Holy Spirit brings us out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, that's good, that's evil, that's good, that's evil, I don't like that, I like that, and into the tree of life where we begin to say, in Jesus, there is life everlasting. And that we begin to be a life-giving people, a people that exudes life. And when that happens, I promise you, we begin to let our light shine. Darkness can exist. Is darkness being turned up in our world? Or are we not shining our light? Is the light of Christ not being... Has the church covered up the light that we were meant to shine out there. I grew up singing this song. We all, most of you know it. Did you feel the mountains tremble? The chorus, open up the doors. Let the music play. 
Let the streets resound with singing. Songs that bring us joy. Songs that bring us hope. Dancers who dance upon injustice. I love when it says, Did you feel the darkness tremble? When all the saints joined in one song. And all the streams flow as one river to wash away our brokenness. I believe that revival's in the air. And, and I believe we'll, we'll see manifestations of it here on Sunday mornings and in gatherings. And the Spirit will fall and we'll have powerful moments in here. But it's not meant for here. Revival's in the air, not in this building. It's out there. Let the streets resound with singing. The glorious love of Jesus Christ. Songs of hope, not judgment. Songs of joy, not despair. Not criticism. After Jesus says, and I'm finishing up, after Jesus says that they are like sheep without a shepherd... He goes on to say, if you know this in Matthew 9, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So I ask us today, where are the laborers? Where are those who will answer the call to go out into the world and love people into a relationship with God? The rest of 1 Corinthians 12 goes on to say, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them each to one just as He determines. Just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. For if one part suffers, every part suffers. So if there are people in our world today that say, hey, I'm suffering. If our black brothers and sisters are saying, I'm suffering. Can we suffer with them? Can you mourn with them? I'm asking the Holy Spirit to give us the eyes of understanding in our world today. There is an opportunity in our world to love people and to grow. As I said at the beginning, God is refining His church, not beating up His church, not trying to... not. Not trying to whip us into shape. It is a refining so that we may be more pure, more holy, so that we may experience the incredible presence of God like never before in this world. I want to pray a prayer that Paul prayed. In Ephesians chapter 1, he prays this to the church in Ephesus. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of what? Of revelation. So that you may know Him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. For above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way would you stand with me this morning and just open up your hands to receive my prayer is that the eyes of your heart 
would be enlightened in order that you would know the hope to which he is called. Some of you today may be lacking purpose like we talked about today. The Holy Spirit wants to give you the eyes of understanding so that you may be able to see the purpose to which he has called you. Some of you today may be lacking compassion. God wants to give you the eyes of heart. He wants to break your heart for what breaks his. Some of you today may uh, feel like completely disconnected from God. Like I'm completely unplugged. And God wants to give you an opportunity to reconnect with him today because he's a friend, because he loves you, because he cares about you, because he's a compassionate, good, loving father who loves his children, who desires relationship with you, and he desires to preserve relationship with you no matter what's happened, no matter what's been done. And some of us today, the Lord may want to soften our hearts to be able to see the current events in our world, not through political ideologies or the ideologies of this world, but through the lens of scripture with the illumination of the Holy Spirit so that we can be better effective witnesses, uh, ministers of reconciliation in the days to come. Because, y'all, I'm excited. I mean, I'm seriously overjoyed at what God is doing in His church today and and in our world. That He is calling people unto Himself and He's shaking things. And He's bringing revival And we're going to pray and we're going to seek him. Will you open up your hands to receive this morning? Father God, I pray for each here today, Lord, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon them, Jesus, that they would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, that their eyes would be opened, the eyes of their heart would be enlightened to know you better, to understand better what you have called them into, Jesus. I pray, Father God, um, that for, for these, your people here today, Jesus, that they would grow in their understanding of who you are and who you have called them to be here on this earth. Jesus, would you help them in their to find the still and quiet moments where they can hear your voice? Would you help them to train their ears to be able to hear you, Jesus? Would you provide uh, opportunities for them to speak words of wisdom, words of knowledge, into people's lives. God, I pray that you would give supernatural wisdom, that you would give supernatural knowledge, knowledge that doesn't come from, from, from things of this earth, but knowledge that can only be given by the Holy Spirit concerning details and events here in this earth, God. We thank you, God, for, for equipping your people with the discerning of spirits, that they be able to see what is, what is, what is good and evil behind what is happening, Father God, and they would know your heart for it, Jesus. We thank you, Father God, and to you here today, I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you and give you peace in Jesus' name.